everybody, welcome back to the Parkinson's Association of San Diego Microcasts. Back with our favorite doctor of physical <laughs> therapy, Jesse Agrimis. Hey, Jesse. Hello. Jesse is the president and co-founder of NeuroLab 360 here in San Diego. So we're going to talk about a topic that we could probably spend four hours talking about. Yes. But we're going to do it in a few minutes. And I'll that's, try. <laughs> <laughs> it's exercise for Parkinson's. Why do people with Parkinson's have to exercise? And we've heard from lots of people about this. We've heard mm-hmm. a lot from Sherry Gould, the nurse uh-huh. practitioner, um, who's done a few of these uh, episodes on on exercise. And we're going to continue to hear from other practitioners. But from a physical therapy standpoint, mm-hmm. tell me why people with Parkinson's have to exercise. Yeah, there are so many reasons popping into my head. I'm not sure which one to start with. <laughs> but I think the biggest one and the one that I find myself repeating constantly is that Exercise is the only thing that's been shown to be disease-modifying for people with Parkinson's. So medications are extremely useful and help with symptom management and are needed, but exercise is something that can help to slow the progression of Parkinson's and really affect it a lot more. Um, So there have been all kinds of studies that have shown that when people are exercising regularly, they have a lot of benefits in terms of their scores on, for example, on the UPDRS, which is that assessment that the neurologist does where you open and close your hand real big and they test your balance or they pull backwards. So lots of improvements on that UPDRS exam over time. So slower regression in that. Um, it also helps medications work better. So if somebody's taking levodopa, Uh, exercise helps that medication work better, which reduces polypharmacy in the long run. And that just means it reduces the likelihood that you'll have to take multiple medications or more medication to manage your symptoms. Exercise can also help address both motor and non-motor symptoms of Parkinson's. So we know people with Parkinson's have a lot of motor features like rigidity, like bradykinesia, but there's also all kinds of non-motor symptoms, like for example, sleep disturbances or constipation or mood disorders. And all of those things can also be addressed with exercise. So it, it helps in so many different ways. So we've been talking a lot with Marty Acevedo, mm-hmm. who's a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. She's done um, a series of these microcasts. So exercise and diet, we didn't really get into this too much with Marty, but but how does exercise then um, influence your diet or your nutritional needs, whether or not you have Parkinson's? Well, your nutritional needs change a little bit based on based on how much you're exercising. So like, for example, you need to be more hydrated. You need to be drinking more water. You need uh, protein to help support your muscles after exercise for them to kind of build back. Um, and then we also, we break down glucose in order to get energy to exercise. So sometimes it can be helpful to have a little bit of carbohydrate before exercising to fuel your body a little bit more. Okay. So one of the things we've said to Parkinson's patients along the way is once you get diagnosed with Parkinson's, your job, no matter what it is, turns into professional athlete. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's really interesting to look at the idea that you really have, if you drew the short straw of Parkinson's, you really have no options, right? You have to exercise. I, I would say exercise is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself to take care of yourself if you have Parkinson's. If you're not exercising, you're not getting all of these amazing benefits that you could be getting, and it will be so much harder to manage your symptoms. So let's talk about what you do here then, right? Mm-hmm. People come in and they say, well, I exercise. I walk 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Is something like that enough? Or do, what do you have to do to help people to, yeah. to guide them into an exercise program? 
So one big thing to remember is that something is better than nothing. So if 15 minutes of walking is a lot of exercise for somebody and they're really fatigued after 15 minutes, then that's great and we would be building from there. But it's important for people with Parkinson's to get moderate intensity exercise at least. And high intensity is even better if it's something that they can achieve. So that means they want to get their heart rate up to a at least around 70% of their heart rate max, which is something that we can calculate based on their age. Um, And that's where we get the most benefits in terms of brain health and brain change. So we release neurotransmitters in our brain. Uh, One of the big ones is called brain-derived nootrophic factor, and it's released in response to exercise. But with just low-intensity exercise, it's not really released. We need that moderate to high-intensity exercise in order to get that neurotransmitter released. And What it does is help neurons in our brain communicate with each other and create changes within our brain. So our brain is, we call it neuroplastic. So you can create neuroplastic changes in your brain when you're exercising at those higher intensities. So here we we teach people, this is what exercise at this intensity feels like. On a zero to 10 scale, you wanna be between a four and a six at least to get that moderate intensity. So you don't have to go sprinting up every hill you see, right? You don't have to, no. Is there a correlation in Parkinson's between successfully managing the disease and, for example, resistance training or other anaerobic forms of exercise versus just long aerobic sessions? So BDNF, that brain-derived nootrophic factor, that's that big neurotransmitter that's tracked in most studies on this. It's released in response to both aerobic and anaerobic exercise but you don't need as much anaerobic exercise to release it. So if you're somebody that wants to do like a short burst of exercise and all you have time for is 15 minutes of exercise, then anaerobic might be the way to go. So more high intensity, getting your heart rate up to 80 to 90% of your heart rate max. So the guidelines on this, they're based on the American College of uh, Sports Medicine, and they're the same for people with Parkinson's and without Parkinson's because they found the same results. And so the recommendation is that somebody gets 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise, um, and that's for aerobic, or 75 minutes per week of high intensity exercise, and you'll have those same benefits per week. So, Do you consider high intensity exercise weight training? where the muscles are going to fatigue even though your heart rate may not be going up? The high intensity for that is based on heart rate. So if you're, it's more things like uh, brisk uphill walking if that gets your heart rate up to that 80 to 90% range. But it's more based on heart rate for, for the release of that BDNF. Not so much getting an individual muscle or muscle group anaerobic. No, there there is an important aspect to, to strength training for people with Parkinson's. So for example the extensor muscles, so the muscles of the back, tend to be inhibited in people with Parkinson's, and then the muscles in front and in the chest start to pull forward, and people get that stooped posture, which has a lot of negative consequences, for example, to lung capacity, um, pain, things like that. Also, balance is impacted by that stooped posture, so it's important to do strength training, especially focused on those extensor muscles. But the brain change and release of uh, BDNF, that brain-derived nootrophic factor, happens in response to more of the sustained aerobic exercise. And just uniquely, cycling seems to be the thing with Parkinson's, right? Cycling is really helpful for people with Parkinson's because it's low impact, it's not hard on your joints, and you can do what we call a more forced use exercise that way. So forced use is something that's great for people with Parkinson's because 
people with PD tend to have more difficulty exercising at a high enough intensity to cause these good changes that we're trying to achieve. And so with cycling, you can, one of the, one of the things that's recommended is saying, try to cycle 10 RPMs, 10 revolutions per minute faster than what feels like your comfortable pace. And then you achieve that forced use exercise, which helps drive those changes in the brain. Awesome. It's a lot to unpack here, right? Yeah, <laughs> I could go on and on. <laughs> I know, I know, it's great. So, all right, well, thanks for that. And uh, a little insight into Parkinson's and exercise from the, the doctor of physical therapy <laughs> perspective, which is cool. We haven't yeah. had that before. So cool. we can get a hold of you and find out about Neurolab 360 where? Our website is neurolab360.com, N-E-U-R-O-L-A-B-360.com. And you can also email us at info at neurolab360.com. All right. Thanks, Jesse, and thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you the next time. Thank you.